Hello, Face. Hey, Bix. How are you going, buddy? I'm good, mate. Just waiting for Baz. <laughs> I think we are recording. And uh, given that this is the very first podcast from <laughs> Baz, Face and Funky, yes. no doubt it is not no. going to be seamless. And let's hope there's some editing tools. Great to have you in Face for the very first podcast. Excited about this. We can we can have a great chat before um, Baz joins us, obviously. So, what are our plans for this podcast, mate? Well, I think first of all, and yes, very exciting to uh, commence this uh, journey with my two elder brothers. But uh, obviously, I think we need to get the name right to start off. You 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 did the the moral thing and put yourself last there, uh, Funky. But clearly, yes. it is Funky Baz and Face, and uh, that's oh, what it, that's our Twitter okay. handle too. So. At uh, Funky Baz Face, yeah. um, the myriad of fans can uh, join in and uh, yeah. throw some banter our way. How many fans are we likely to get? So you, give us a prediction. At by this time Ooh. next week, we're going to say we're going to have <laughs> how many listeners? Um, yeah, it, it'll be probably single numbers. I'm guessing. Probably. But, um, Rome wasn't built in a day, mate. So. Um, All right. Uh, I'm, and neither was uh, John's Cubby House. So I'm guessing a fair chance that uh, it's going to be a slow build, but yeah. um, our content and our wit and banter, I'm sure, will, um, yeah. will uh, rise through the ranks quite quickly. I'm going to predict three. Um, I would say none of them are our wives. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think given that our parents are travelling around Europe and... Yeah. Yeah, they were going to be a guarantee, weren't they? Given really? that Dan thinks this is probably going to end up on a fax, um, <laughs> I don't think he's going to know. And our other brother, you know, I sent this link to you at the same time. He doesn't even know what a Twitter handle is. He's probably having trouble recording. So it could be the inaugural one is just for the two of us. Um, well, that'll that'll cut out a lot of the mistakes that Matt uh, Anyway, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see when he when he comes in and joins us. Um, so tell us about our Twitter handle. What is it? Yeah, well, we uh, commenced today, uh, 30, 31st, I believe, today, 31st of yeah. May, um, at Funky Baz Face. Uh, you can find there all our, our funny, very funny uh, links to our podcast once we get that up and going. Uh, <laughs> Which we don't know how to do yet. Yeah, well, well that, that's all right. You've got to, got to start somewhere. Yes, yes. But, um, uh, clearly, we'll be promoting the uh, the hell out of it, Vix, and uh, we'll be um, uh, yeah going from there. So um, I'll probably be operating Twitter. Let's be honest. Yes. Given my my availability to yeah. use Twitter at work and at home, um, and uh, we should be okay. I actually think it'll be quite good. In fact, if we do record the first one, and then Baz will come in and go, "I'm ready for the podcast. <laughs> it's already done. We're already done. It'll be mate. Very." Yeah disappointed so there might have to be like an edit version um well let's get cracking into it face um perhaps given that we don't know how to edit and publish this let's not talk about anything that uh says you actually mentioned the date didn't you so if we talk about this week's games and it comes up, <laughs> actually it's only about six weeks time um but given that no one's going to listen it's probably okay anyway yeah um so i thought we'd do some intros so um I'm going to detail you first. Um, 
just thinking about describing you and the world of sport face, um, you have done it very hard since the Crows lost the grand final last year. You were 17 and then 18, the Crows back-to-back premierships and then the loss to Richmond. I reckon you've had less sleep than Don Pike, Josh Jenkins and Taylor Wood <laughs> collectively together. You are doing it very tough. Um, well, it's... You're a premiership player yourself. You're a back-to-back premiership player for the Brossard District Football Club and um, that's clearly the pinnacle of your career, a very disappointing tennis career, a lot of pressure from the other brother, <laughs> putting some pressure expectations, um, a failed backyard cricket career. Um, <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on. It's Baz. Hang on. Baz is in the house. Baz, welcome, Baz. Um, you're four and a half minutes in. Um, we've gone through our Twitter. Unlike Baz to make a late entrance, really, just to get the crowd anticipating, <laughs> when is he going to appear? Is he coming? Oh, Baz yeah. is here. So I'm just going through my little bio of face. You're going to have to listen back to our podcast, Baz, to um, listen to that. But it was, it, I think it was quite entertaining. I just talked about it. Oh, junior tennis career and his backyard uh, cricket career. And um, yes. we've just talked about his sleepless nights since the Crows lost the grand final and his back-to-back um, career at the Brussels District Football Club was clearly his highlight. Um, that's all I've got for your face. And so, face, you kick off. Who are you describing? Well, I've actually got Bazza. And, uh, you know, being the, the elder brother and seeing him um, – rally his troops through a playing and coaching, uh, not overly successful coaching career, but nonetheless. Didn't I coach the, uh, the 10s? Yes, uh, and we, we still did lose a game, but we were dominant that year, agreed. So I forgot to mention that one, actually. But um, what I've got for you, Baz, he was a robust, tough on-baller who built a long-standing legacy of the number four for the mighty Barossa Bulldogs. Not too dissimilar to Michael Tuck, Winning five runner-up best and fairest placings, just a lucky and a, and, a, and a few bests and fairest just for good measure. A, yes. a, a two hundred plus gamer um, and a potential AFL debutant if it wasn't for his good mate Scotty Burns hip and shoulder in the SNFL junior days that just wrecked that career and the, the recruiters just uh, marked him off the list from there. Uh, uh, according to according to Magazine, according out to- of those two hundred <laughs> games, what percentage of those games did he wear a helmet? Uh, probably about 50, which was, uh, yeah, not, not ideal. But good, the good thing is that there's no video footage of that. So, um, <laughs> because it wasn't a great well, game, well, early days, you had the blonde flowing locks. I'd uh, love to get the cap put on the head and pull that through and get that just the, the extra votes from the umpires, even though you're wearing largely losing teams until our glory years. But um, I left. <laughs> Probably, probably uh, still hear the catch cry of hear, hear, hear ringing out over Williamstown Oval. Um, it was all about the best players, and, really, back in those days. All about the best true. players. And then uh, once you're once a uh, two-year gun for hire at Marion Rams Football Club, uh, which after basically after team shellackings uh, from the coach after a bad loss, was all about getting upstairs and having a beer with his mates. Yes. Three-time premiership player, current A-grade Bulldogs dedicated team runner, and now climates five times salesman of the year and go to man, he's our Bazza. Oh, that's good. You forgot under 10, uh, under 10 Goody Saints, yeah. uh, coach. 
which uh, yeah is going along really well. We had training tonight, and um, uh, the kids are going really very well. Very good, Baz. You got funky. Tell me about me. Actually, I've done no preparation <laughs> for you, whatever. But uh, no preparation for any of my that. speeches at any of my major events in my life. So that's that's good. No, uh, you were you were sort of um, the first one to debut for the Bulldogs A grade and did it tough in those yeah. days. Played 99 games, so he gets talked about more than playing 100 <laughs> games. But, uh, yeah, you were sort of the the early sort of outside runner before yeah. there was outside runners because you didn't want to get there. <laughs> <laughs> They're called link players these days, I think. <laughs> yeah, outside runners, Dave McKay, hello. Yeah. <laughs> He's been very good this yeah. year. And um, don't, don't forget, he was always nicknamed the Smiling Assassin too, was our funky, Baz. He was, uh, yeah, he didn't didn't mind uh, the big cheesy grin after a nice hard tackle. Oh, really? Well, I'm not sure what you were watching the post. But... <laughs> I was running the, the water, mate. I could see it from the back lines. Yes. Anyway, but, uh, he, he, did, he did probably better things off the ground with his centrals uh, and then the Eagles uh, after after that. You know, won a premiership for with the Central's boys in 2000, which um, obviously was a massive occasion. At uh, they call it the Ponderosa out there. That was uh, that must have been amazing to be. Part yeah, um, pretty proud of that actually. The first one at Central's Footy Club, it was massive. Um, I felt a huge part of it, planning the uh, the fitness part of it, and um, got some good memories of that one. So I think that defines my sporting career nicely. Knowing your achievements were achieved off field, I've quite often thought that I have put sport the focus of my life far too uh, heavily, considering that I'm actually not that talented at it. Um, <laughs> but I think it's a good bio for us. Now we've got a very random running sheet. It's written in uh, pen and it's hard to read. Boys, I'm kicking this off. Friday night football in AFL. You have a hard week at work. You go and sit on the couch. You relax. You have a, a responsible um, thinking about having a you know one glass of wine with a nice little meal, and Four. and uh, you come up with I think the only thing that's winning in this Friday night schedule at the moment is Netflix. <laughs> oh, yep. What are we? To me, to me, I, I think that there must be has, has to be something more to this. You, you, seriously, the AFL cannot be putting Carlton down without giggling about <laughs> it. Um, on a Friday night. Like the, the ratings must be horrible. I mean, I think that the big winner out of all of this is the wives. I mean, I know that my wife just loves the fact that I could turn this TV off and actually give it some sort of attention on a Friday night. But it, surely, put up with the ridicule that he cops from this unless there's big sponsors or big dollars at, at stake. You can't be putting up Carlton on a Friday night. They've been bad since since before when I used to have hair. Like that, that Johnson played the dominator. Um, you've uncovered it there. I reckon Gillen has got some sort of deal with his wife on a Friday night. I think I think it's got to be that. This is, it is ridiculous. So what's the solution, boys? Just on that too, um, the old dominator looked like he'd uh, have a few big nights uh, the other night, didn't he? <laughs> he, he uh, I think he. Did you see that? The, the dominator. I didn't must see have, it, uh, but I did hear his nickname wasn't earned through his feats on the football field. Uh, 
No, I think he's probably what, about 50 years old, but his face looks about yeah. eight, I think. Yeah. Um, but, uh, face, I've, got a, I've got a solution for Friday night. And yeah. It's born out of the uh, English Premier League and uh, football over in the um, in Europe. I think you should qualify for the right to play Friday night football. Um, I think you should earn that right, and I think it comes if you're top eight from the previous season, you earn the right to play um, Friday night football for the next year. Um, there will be a few hits and misses with that because some teams can come up and be, you know, be right. So Melbourne will prove the fact that, you know, they would miss out on Friday night this year, but it gives um, some clarity around the schedule. The fans can fit in their travel plans. The clubs can play, can plan for their schedule on a Friday night. And I think it gives that extra incentive for a club um, to fix it in the schedule. The St Kilda's, um, the Western Bulldogs for this year, the Carlton, um, they shouldn't even be anywhere near my couch on a Friday night. <laughs> I, look, I, I agree, boys. And I think uh, clear cut, bottom four from the previous year, don't get Friday night games for the following year. Uh, there's Look, there's incentives for draft picks and obviously to... You know, not tank. We don't want to go down that path, but clearly, um, financially driven, the clubs don't want to uh, miss out on Friday, Friday night. So, finish bottom four, you're done for the following year. Really, the promotion's got to be about grudge matches, teams and players. So, clearly, Essen and Richmond, um, uh, Port Crows, um, Lever, and anyone else that's going to leave Adelaide in the next couple of years, we might as well just play them because uh, there'll be a few grudge matches. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think the other key for a good spectacle on TV is having well-attended crowds and stadiums. Adelaide, Adelaide Oval. You're, you're, you're under, underrated in this. Good on you. Oh, mate. Thank you. Yeah, uh, MCG early, but when the weather comes in, switch it to Eddie Had. We don't want these open roof games. Some of the wet weather games are good, but they're low scoring, not high spectacle. You can't see fans. They're all in the bars, probably having a fight on in, in Melbourne anyway. But um, <laughs> essentially, no no Carlton Friday nights, Gil. That's what we're trying to say. Um, probably the, 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 the issue is is that there's, you know, Brisbane and Gold Coast, they've been down the bottom four the last couple of years. So the key promotion into the Queensland states is not going to happen until they gotta, go further up. they in the right. they got to earn it. Yep, agree. All right. What do you got for us, Baz, Friday night? Uh, no, I gave you my, uh, I gave you mine, mate. I sort of kicked it off. So I'm not sure if you've forgotten that. <laughs> I did forget. Uh, I, I think the quality of my response uh, overrode yeah. Baz's uh, input there, Bix. But uh, maybe number two, mate. Uh, shit or show on, I believe. Yeah, I think this is one that we had a bit of confusion about this week. <laughs> that fast amount of preparation that we've completed. So. I'm going to suggest a segment called Shit or Shine, and I'm going to come up with a couple of names here, boys, and I want you to tell me, are they really shit or is it a bit of shine about them? Um, so I'm going to – the first one I've got is North Melbourne. For me this year, they're shine. Uh, yeah, but the, 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 I, I quite like that's what's come out about them. They, they do still have an old list, and all their stars, <laughs> the ones that are playing well, are quite old, which uh, is going to – finish them around about that 10th, 11th, 12th, and it isn't really going to help them. Um, so, yeah, sure it is giving the supporters something to cheer about, but I do think that the, the players that are playing well won't be there in two or three years. No, they won't be, but the fact that they were predicted to finish bottom, I think there were 
um, for those all our uh, listeners out there that follow Twitter. From one to eighteen or one to seventeen, it said, uh, "Who do you think will finish in the position on the ladder this year?" And then eighteenth was North Melbourne. So it was quite. Uh, but what, what, what does it mean? What does that actually mean? Whether you finish, uh, you know, fourteenth or eighteenth, what does it actually mean? Well, you get a Jack Lacocious or you get a play that uh, some other club will pick up, I guess. But um, it, it gives the supporters something to cheer yeah, about. Absolutely. But I'm not sure long term. I mean, obviously, long term, you, you want to be up in that top four spot to give yourself a crack at it. And I just don't think that finishing. You know, put, putting the, your older players in and finishing 13th, 14th really is going to help them but, long but, term. But they did it last year when they got rid of Harvey and Ferrito and all those guys. Um, so they've already made a change. They couldn't make too many more changes without exposing the other younger kids. I think what it also has um, highlighted is Brad Scott. Massive appreciation for what he's been able to do for him this year. I haven't really rated him. I thought he was a bit of a goose like his brother, the way they react in the box. But His contract um, is about his ninth year. So he's what? Yeah. Ninth year, he's yeah. probably got $6.5 million out of North Melbourne Football Club, who probably are about $16 million in debt. And um, He's taken to a couple of prelims. Yeah, so he's got them to, as, as Baz says, he has got them a couple of prelims. And then after that, then, you know, they finish 11th and 14th. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, let's... I agree. I think they're shine, and let's see what they are at the end of end of the year. Um, got another one for you, Essendon. Essendon. Well, I I think they've been amazing the last couple of weeks, but it probably just says where were they the last, the first five? Like, it, where was their effort then? Um, you know, Stringer and um, these guys that uh, are always hit or miss. Where were they when they when it actually really counted? Now that the season's gone. And I think it is still for them. Now they're starting to put in. I mean, where were they the first five weeks when they're getting beaten by 68 points? Yeah, they're... they're... In the shit category. You got them in the shit category? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that this is cheap wins. It's a bit like when you're 10 goals down and you're kicking the last five in the last quarter. Yes, yeah. i got them there. <laughs> yeah, no, shit, shit for me too, Bix. Um, now... When, um, Heppel comes out and, and apologises to his younger teammates for his effort as captain of the, of the football club, a football club. You know they're going to respond, and you can guarantee as soon as that was uh, made public that he apologised to his younger teammates that they were going to smash Geelong. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, that, I agree, Baz. Uh, where were they in the first uh, two months of footy? That's it. Uh, Brendan Goddard cracked up uh, quite a few possessions, high efficiency. What have we got him as? Yeah, don't, don't think he's a great teammate. It, I mean, maybe like off the field. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. He'd be an interesting sort of guy to get to know, but he, he I don't think I've ever seen him smile. I don't know. People sort of speak highly that's in, in his team, but yeah, I'm not sure uh, whether you'd sort of like to have him as a teammate. I don't know. Uh, he's not exactly going to provide the uh, run and dash off half back, but he is clean, which is what, what uh, they need now, kicking efficiency and... Um... Uh, He's old, almost won the grand final. Like, yeah. If it's St Kilda, you're almost winning the grand final. You know, if they won that game uh, against Collingwood in 2010, I think he'd be perceived a lot differently in the in football yeah, circles. Great. That's good call. I, I've always had him as, as shit, but I, <laughs> I'm sort of going towards him and his record. And um, yeah, he doesn't seem a happy man, does he? Um, he but, um, he's not not short of uh, publicity about his emotions out in the field. So yeah. Um, 
Sydney. Um, I reckon they're in trouble. Uh, they've got the best key forward probably we've ever seen um, in the game. Um, but uh, some of their on-balls are really struggling. And it's probably up to Hannanbury to really dominate his back half of his five-year contract that he nicely signed to um, to lift the next group. A couple of key injuries as well, which wouldn't help. Oh, they got fantastic. they got fantastic kids, kids though. So they'll be around at the end of the year when... Uh when it needs to happen, that they'll still be finishing third, fourth, fifth. And I don't think you'd be wanting to play Sydney uh, in finals. I think they'll be there when, when it needs to be, be played. Yeah. So, um, you know, they've got some great young kids. The forward line's, like, really exciting. I, I think they'll, they'll be fine. The, the horse is a grumpy man, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's, his, hair's, his hair's less than mine as well. He needs to take some tablets like I do, so... Yeah. Uh, Maybe you could get a sponsorship it, for this podcast through through them, Baz. Maybe just drop their name. Actually, just on well, that. I take the same uh, hair, hair tablets as Carey and um, uh, what's the little guy that broke his leg for um, Richmond? Um, Nathan Brown. Right. Uh, yeah, so horse, get on those hair tablets, mate, because you can't leave a little tuft right in the middle of the forehead. It's just it's just not kosher. I mean, you're probably married and kids, it doesn't matter, but still. So are you, mate. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the same hair treatment as Mill Hannah or Bruce Dahl or something like that, which is then you know a bit of all sorts. But um, uh, maybe have we thought about sponsorship for the podcast, boys? Pop pop some uh, pop some dollars behind us and get this. Is tech- Kelly's Farm Aquarium still an option? Or? No, I think I think it's probably defunct. Um, look, I've, I've probably got one. I went to the hairdresser today and talked to him about the the brothers' podcast tonight, and so HBJ stylists out at. Um, uh, East Terrace in the city. Fantastic guy, and I'm sure he'll uh, throw a few, if not HBJ. dollars, maybe some, maybe some haircuts our way. Give a does he do? Does he do blonding? Does he? Does he blonde? I don't think he, you know, don't do, think he does do haircuts for women, mate. But anyway, we very good. So happy with that, boys. Happy with that segment. Should or shine, and we'll come up with a few more topics. Um, well, I was, well, actually, I've, I've got one, Bix, a, yeah. a shit or shine. It's an idea, and it's come from the great man who, um, Malcolm Blight, who uh, clearly, when the Crows won the uh, flags, um, I went to his book signings and had photos with him as a young fellow. Probably had blonde hair copying you too, Baz, back in those days. You boys keep but, talking. I've got some kids in the background, so keep going ahead. I'll, I'll jump back in. Well, Baz, clearly, I think Blighty's on something this week because he's been talking about changing the ball. And his comment was, how radical would that be? Well, that would be pretty damn radical. Um, he believes that increasing the grip on the Sharon would lead to cleaner footy, but isn't sure how best to go about the change. He even suggested, why don't we get some sort of substance to put on the ball so it's not so slippery? And he talked about, what if we put some sandpaper on it so the players can pick it up easier and quicker? Why not? Well, why not, Blighty? Because three cricketers have just been banned and smashed from pillar to post for Sandpaper Gate. So that wouldn't be my first option, Malcolm. What do you yeah, think, Yeah, I think some of these guys, the legends, you know, Neil Curley, Ken Cunningham, <laughs> Graham Cornham, you know, le- le- legends, but, like, yep. it's time to give it away. Yep. And sorry, sorry, Malcolm, but uh, <laughs> it's a good time. No, you know, I love you, mate. Is this him on radio? You didn't like him? Uh, uh, no, just, no, just his ideas for changing the game. Pornsy, yeah, like Pornsy's like John Farnham. He just keeps on coming back. Like, listen, mate, like retire, G- give it away. You know, go down to Glenelg and take your strolls along, you know, Henley Beach or wherever you are down yeah. there. With, you know, 
you know, pretty young misses and uh, <laughs> five kids. But keep on the radio. And Ken, come on, mate. You know, time, time is time. You know, you give it away. It's clear the future is podcasts, brothers, and a bit of um, being unsure about how to actually launch this onto any type of platform. Um, that's, a, yes. that's a concern for me. Yeah. Right that, away. That's, that's a alarm bell. see how we go. Um, we're giving some decent plugs to some quality businesses out there. Yeah. If we could get a business yes. behind it, wouldn't that be just climate air control? No, I was thinking more of uh, the Almer or um, <laughs> Crazy Horse, you know, maybe. I think we'll cut that out here. <laughs> <laughs> now, boys, I've got a question for you. Yeah. I'm going to challenge that players actually play for premierships. Uh, I just I don't hear it from them as much as what I used to. And in the player movement between clubs, I don't see a club I don't sorry, I don't see a player absolutely jumping up and down to go to the club in their ideal premiership window. The amount of players that say, I want to go back to my family, growing up with my family is so important to me. These guys are like twenty, twenty one, all of a sudden they're homesick. Um I dumbfounded by the Charlie Camerons of the world who go from the team who've played in the grand final to the team who's going to win the wooden spoon. Surely in a limited career in elite sport, you want to bang out as many premierships as you can. And if you want to leave your club because they're not in the premiership window, you're not happy there, get on board the premiership train because in, in that sport should be nothing better. Well, Charlie Cameron's probably only a 23-year-old who can see long-term at Brisbane they're going to, if they keep their guns, they'll stick around and probably be a really good side, but nothing's guaranteed. Um, yeah, I agree. I think the more uh, communication that comes out from the players is get home to family and friends and, you know, back home. Um, oh, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, probably probably what I am glad, even though, you know, I think it's more the, the true footballers would all ultimately want that premiership. They've probably grown up watching their heroes win flags, you know, Hawthorne days. Um, maybe this is, maybe this is where it is, folks. This is where it is. Yeah. is the, the mortgage, the lifestyle, yeah. lifestyle. Um, yep. is, is number one. Uh, and, and the mortgage and, and the wife saying that we need to uh, have our three houses at, um, you know, somewhere near the beach is number one. And premierships is definitely number two. Yeah. I, I, I think that they're Certainly, that uh, their security uh, for themselves and their family, which is fair enough, it's a it's a big part of it. But that definitely is uh, overrides premierships, and if you can get both, well, then sensational. So um, certainly, that wouldn't be uh, common knowledge uh, out there or spoken about out there. But that definitely is uh, lifestyle and mortgage, uh, and um, having a setting yourself up setting for life after football yeah. is uh, is number one. Yeah, oh, I think, I think that summarises it. I think it's a great summary. That's been a huge change, isn't it? So gone are the days where um, someone will say, I'm prepared to take a cut to keep the team together and win another premiership. That won't exist anymore, will it? Well, we're seeing that well, I think, now with the Crows. Uh, Tex Walker's done that. Uh, not bad. Yeah, but what, <laughs> what, what about the next uh, three or four blokes that are about to leave Adelaide because they're not getting paid enough as uh, Josh Jenkins or Mitch McGovern? Um, I think I think McGovern's a big one, uh, big one there. It's going to be very interesting to see what he does because uh, he's going to have uh, one point two thrown at him from uh, a number of different clubs. 
Uh, he'll probably be on eight or nine at, at West Coast. So um, they can't keep them all. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens yeah. there at the end. Yeah. I think you called it well there, Baz. Uh, family and finances come for the premierships these days. And I think that's a, that's a different um, way of thinking it from, you know, probably just uh, five or ten years ago where people would do anything they can just to play in one premiership. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's, that's fair enough. Well, 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 Baz, you've the, the AFL had a Hall of Fame this year. It's a it's a well publicised event. Everyone gets behind it. They lord the Hall of Famers. They lord the legends in the Hall of Famers. A lot of publicity, a lot of pats on the back, and you've come out scathing this week. Give us what do you, oh. what do you got for us? Yeah, well, I I don't know if I'm by myself on this one, and and yeah, maybe I. Maybe I, I am. I, I felt like ringing up the radio stations, but I, I just don't know if I'd get uh, I reckon you get uh, slammed. supported for it. Yeah, you get I, I probably would get slammed. Um, I, I think it's great for the players. You know, it's certainly great for their families. But for me, for me, I just felt a little bit underwhelmed. I just I didn't really get into it. Um, you know, and, and you guys know how much I, I love my footy. But uh, I think lots of the SA, the WA legends get left out. Um, I, I'm just not really sure what it means. Like, ooh, you're a legend. Like, what, what, does it actually, what does that mean? Do you do you have wear some sort of crown? Or I, I don't know. I mean, these guys have got you know adulation throughout their career. Why do we need to put all this money into this dinner with um, obviously huge amount of money would have gone into it? And and you know what about the the country footy clubs that are going to the wall because they can't get junior uh, players out there? To me, I, I think the money could be directed elsewhere better rather than patting guys on the back that have been uh, had adulation shown on them for the last 30 years. Uh, it just doesn't, it just feel, leaves me feeling a bit cold, to be honest. Well, uh, I'm probably thinking the other way, Baz. I couldn't disagree with you more. And that's, I think that's good for this podcast that we create a bit of animosity between the brothers so far. <laughs> um, I, th- I think we love it when a, when a Crows player, McLeod, Ben Hart, Jarman, uh, Rusciuto get recognised as Hall of Famers. Really? Um, I, I couldn't care less about that. Nah, well, okay, so uh, that's what's replicated at the elite level of AFL football. That then filters down to SNFL, amateurs, brosser and light level. So I'll put it to you, Baz, because this might hurt you where it sits now. Imagine your uh, very uh, loved Brosser District Bulldogs uh, took away the uh, Life Member Award from uh, from their their agenda for the year. Go, go uh, one what, higher than that, face. Go one higher. Go <laughs> with the Bross and Light have just come out with their Hall of Fame and their legends. And then, then, then Bazza gets a letter in the mail. And he goes, no, thank you. I don't and, believe and go, in the system. Goes, um, you've just been elevated to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and then about a year later, he gets the um, legend status. I reckon he's going to get on board. I, I think Especially, yeah, I tell you what, is there any chance meals in my mind? Can I change my mind? Is yeah. that true? Have, brought, have, I, have I really been put into legend status? Because if I have, yeah. well, then I'm totally honest. <laughs> but actually, uh, I, think, I think this is, I reckon this is the thing. There's so much, I reckon you've caught it spot on there, Baz. There's so much adulation for the person who's played the AFL walking down the street to get a coffee, people just pat him on the back anyway. To get into the Hall of Fame and then the legend, it is the country, the suburban footballer who also demonstrates um, great principles in the community, works hard, fits in training, good role model. 
maybe that's where it should go. Forget the guys who have already got pats on the back. Let's pat. Let's pat that back pocker on the back who's played the 99 games. Those type of guys <laughs> who skirted around the outside so they wouldn't get hurt so they could turn up to the sports store on a Monday. These are the people that we want to see elevated. To... I think you qualify if you get 100. Yeah, to elevate. Well, to I, that I think the face is actually – I think that's a great call. I think face has actually backed my argument in the fact that, yes, I would absolutely love that. You're right, but – I think that the guys, it probably, I mean, yes, they, it does mean a fair bit to them and they have a nice dinner and stuff, but they've had this the last 20 years. I, I think it's time to, to look at uh, the grassroots a little bit better, which it, they are bleeding out there. Like in those uh, remote areas of South Australia, Victoria, Western Australia, they are yeah. bleeding out there and they would be hurting. You, know, you look at Tasmania as well, you know, uh, compared to GWS and those Western Ridiculous. Areas. You know, they're getting millions and millions pumped into them. Yes, that's an important area, and I, I, I do think they should do that, but there's certainly some hard done by uh, people in, in Australia. That's so, uh, boys, boys, I think we've got an opportunity to create a movement here. Our, our <laughs> multitude of listeners are going to get behind this concept. The recognition of the volunteer, um, the person who bleeds for their club, who gets paid the $20 only if they win, um, Let's elevate these guys to the legend stage. Let's find out who those true legends are out there and let's bring them on to the Funky Basil Face podcast and really find out what makes them tick. And if it's not publicly recognised that they're elevated into legend status, let us elevate them to legendary status. Well, because I've just had uh, – uh, what's your name? Funky, I've just had a great idea. What about if we have a guest legend to ring in and discuss their – their history yeah. in local footies. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think that's a go for uh, yeah. the next couple of podcasts yeah. if we can be bothered doing another one. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Baz, I disagreed with you about about the Hall of Fame, but to be honest, I did not read one article, didn't see one video about Hall of Fame. I couldn't really give two shits this year, so I agree with you. But uh, local levels, that's where it needs to be done. Let's get a local legend on. That, I think that would be fantastic. Um, <laughs> now, Face, you've got something for us. Um, you are her- a horrendous tweeter. You've been known for some uh, <clears throat> a multitude of embarrassing tweets and just let it be known that Jamie Oliver retweeted mine last night amongst my many uh, fans. I'm sure you noticed that, Face. So well, you got tweeted this week. What do you got for us? No, nah, well, I've I have become armed this week because I, I, you know, this was my agenda item that I did raise. And I thought that you would have a crack at my um, dedication to Twitter straight away. But um, one really stood out for me, and, and you've already raised it, Bix, uh, uh, Funky, is Jamie Oliver, a.k.a. The Naked Chef. He tweeted out, "Take get this, Baz, he tweeted out, favourite go-to breakfast question mark. Good old Funky Harris. He immediately gets back on the Twitter handle at Mark Funky Harris. Uh, self-named by you, uh, just quietly. And he replied with poached or scrambled eggs on toast, fried halloumi, and outstanding coffee. Now, Funk, I'm sorry, mate, but that's on par with the really, really poor updates of a Facebook post that you've just gone to the toilet. That is just low. And 
And it doesn't matter that Jamie Oliver even liked, he didn't retweet it, he liked your tweet. He's, a, he's, a, he's obliged to, considering he asked the question. But what I did notice, because I did some, I do my research on Twitter, and he wrote back to every other sensible tweet on there. This is why I replied but, in the first place. <laughs> but, but funky. So he replied to every other person that, and he went, oh, that's a nice, that's a nice selection, but nothing for you, Funk. So yeah, I'm sorry, mate. I think, is, a, I think it was a time zone issue there. The most famous chef in the world liked my tweet, so I think there's a little bit of envy there. Um, but I think there was some time zone issues there around why he didn't reply, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, that, that's my tweet of the week. Yeah. Um, now, I know there's been some criticism about my recent um, Adelaide-Melbourne watching game and, and getting some vermin out of my house. But I must admit, on Twitter activity, it exploded. Um, I had 261 impressions on Twitter and actually three, three people liked it. So I'm considering that tweet a success. Impression. Um, impressions. That's uh, Twitter talk. Um, and even one that I did to uh, Mark. Impression is, mate, if you've got a shop, right? So let's say our dad <laughs> ran a pet shop for like 700 years an impression. Can you guys, when you finish this, uh, can you just wake me up when you finish the uh, end of this? This is what an impression is, is actually like in retail sense. An impression is someone who walks Go. past your shop and has no interest in coming in. And thinks, oh, that, that was funny, but let's move on. Yeah, I agree with that. That's fine. <laughs> but at least it was noticed. And your Jamie Oliver tweet didn't cut the mustard. Right. Let's, yeah. let's move on, Bix. Let's cut, yeah, good call. Um, Tell us about rebuilding, boys. I know that this is um, – now, we probably put this on the agenda when it became um, a hot topic and perhaps it's died out a little bit now, but um, I just think the rebuilding is a massive cop-out for a coach's uh, contract and uh, well, the team aren't performing well. They go through, we're rebuilding. In elite sport, there's no excuse to say that you're in rebuilding. You're either winning or you're not. What's your think, thoughts on that? Well, I actually think sort of 15 years ago, supporters were prepared to, to wear rebuilding. <laughs> uh, and I think that they were, they were not happy, but that they were more than comfortable with it. And you, you look at those sides, uh, because Hawthorne did it so successfully with getting those early draft picks, uh, Rough Ed, Hodge, um, there was a few more. Lewis, <laughs> yeah. Lewis, yeah. Mitchell. But the scene, <laughs> Rough Ed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry for interrupting. But uh, seeing Sydney, Geelong, Hawks uh, not bottom out now has has made people rethink that, and I don't think um, supporters now can cop it. Although Carlton have been copying it for a long time, uh, St Kilda uh, seem to to do that. But yeah, it's bizarre that sponsors uh, would allow clubs to do it. Yeah, I, I I agree, Baz. Carlton, St Kilda seem to be rebuilding forever. Um, North, essentially, on current form, rebuilt in 12 weeks. So, um, it, it's they hard still to have say some young... they're out of a rebuild, though. Uh, they, 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 they haven't bottomed out. They haven't bottomed out like the Carlton and Brisbane, uh, perhaps Gold Coast, have been. Um, West Coast went through a rebuilding period that them and Fremantle finished um, bottom four for a couple of years, you know, now performing well. Uh, but agree. Oh, Frio been great, mate. Uh, Frio, the well, worst team to support in the comp. That, they they could have won a premiership if it wasn't for Ross Lyon. <laughs> Be cool. 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think St Kilda would be the worst team to follow. I mean, heartbreak just followed by years, <laughs> years of frustration. You know, yeah. like, yeah, they get in the early draft picks. I mean, Melbourne wouldn't be far behind them. I think people get uh, forget them because they're playing well at the moment. But was it is it 17 years they haven't been in the uh, finals for? I mean, that's just unforgivable, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, th- I think that's a good call. Now, boys... I'm going to come to our last segment, which is a Crows season review. Um, tell us where they're at now. We're 10 rounds into the AFL season 2018. Are you happy with where they're going? What, what's going on? Well, I, I, I can give you some good and, and some things that I do have issues with. And I think the, the great thing is that the kids are getting games. Uh, Fogarty, Gallucci, Murphy, Paholke. Um, that's good that the kids are getting games. We've had some great performances. Dode. Uh, Dode, uh, Seedsman, Laird, uh, Greenwood's been good. Yeah. Um, Douglas has been fantastic. Ellis Yolman has stepped up. There's been some really, really good performances there. Um, Gibbs has been good rather than outstanding. I probably disagree with a lot of the media. I think he's been good without being uh, incredible. Agree. Uh, he's got rid of his yeah, that's right. You know, I, to me, the million-dollar question, and this is what's going to dictate our season, if Sloan, Walker, McGovern, if, if they come back firing, well, then we're a massive shot at it. If they don't, well, then we're going to finish that sort of fifth, sixth, seventh uh, sort of uh, spot. So that's what it's all about, is getting those good guys back, those champions back, and that way they can carry us over the line. Uh, what's your thoughts about Brad Crouch? Are you coming back or not? Well, I mean, we, we sort of forget him, don't we? I mean, he, he's just—he's not even really discussed now, which uh, is a shame because obviously he was fantastic last year. Uh, he gives that extra grunt in the midfield, but yeah, I don't—I just think he's—he's he's not even really just in the discussions of coming back. I think that he's probably done for the year. Well, interesting—he um, has a weekly uh, spot on Five AA with his brother. Gee, that's, and, that's boring. Uh, I mean, if yeah, people that, are that's right. Up asking about their tactics in the <laughs> midfield. And, yeah, we've got a set oh. plan. We've got little ha- tactics, and oh, it's terrible. That, well, interesting. Like he, he wasn't on there last the night, week. boys. What's that? Interesting. He wasn't on there last night. I thought he's been there every other week, and uh, coming up to sort of. Uh, interesting time in his rehab and um, whether he's going to make it back and he wasn't on the show last night. So not sure what we can read into that, whether he didn't want to be asked the question and have to lie like Lever did last year, I guess, and uh, who else Dangerfield left before that. But um, look, I'm still keeping the faith, even though against Melbourne we were atrocious. Um, I'm still quite bullish about where we can finish I'm not sure of the competition this year that it's as strong as we've seen outstanding teams. So um, if we're able to get the players back, I agree, Baz, then we're a massive, massive chance. What does concern me is um, teams that run and carry, handle the footy. It really seems to break us open. Um, and clearly, any time we lose contested possessions, we lose the game. So that's our has to be our number one key. <laughs> that is the most captain obvious call. Well, I, I believe I said that, mate. So uh, happy for you to say that before me if you wanted to. But, um... no, but any coach that gets interviewed these days, they say, where are you going to win it? Contested possession. I, say, oh, I think we'll win it in the midfield. Yeah, yeah that's it. But uh, um, no, 
bring some good comments up there. And, uh, yeah, I, I think we still are a good footy team. That's the, the basis of it. We've just got to get our, our guns back. Uh, the key for me is also um, Brody Smith. If we can get him back a month to a four, get him into some form and, and firing, then he'll really add to that back line. He, he was top three by the end of the year before finals last year, boys. So to lose him um, and who else do we lose? McGovern, you know, for the finals. That was two big keys either end of the ground for us last year that um, I don't think, you know, they would have <laughs> made an effect on that last horrible uh, nightmarish day. But, um, yeah, he'll be fantastic and get him back. Right. Cool. Point, so, boys, uh, I think a couple of things before we wrap up. Baz, we said just before you came in how many listeners we're going to get this week. So by the time we, we potentially record podcast number two for Funky Baz and Face next week, how many people would listen to us this week? What's our final well, number? Well, the issue we have is, is, it, is that Magsy and Brizey um, are away, which Correct. means they're probably to us. There's minus uh, two, yep. Uh, the kids are in bed. Um, so we're probably, we're probably struggling. But uh, I thought it was pretty good tonight. I, I thought there were some really good valid points and, and points that we could uh, really work on. So um, <laughs> I, I think upwards to up for us. Yeah, I thought we were more agreeable. than what I, I thought we'd generally have a different point of view. I thought we were quite agreeable. Um, I thought you were very sensible, Baz. Yeah, like your points were just so um, well thought out. And it's like we just needed a podcast hanging around you more times in your life. <laughs> you, were, you were clear, you were coherent, you were well considered, you were researched, you were polished. It, it was Maybe we should do the podcast about 1am on Sunday morning. <laughs> that was very good. I, I, I think the noise of the pokies might override the microphone yeah. uh, sound, though, which would be unfortunate. Gamble responsibly. The, the, the more you bet, the more you bet, the more you win. Gamble responsibly. So, listeners uh, this week are in doubt. Um, we're looking for a sponsor, we're looking for guests, and we're there to create a movement. This has been 45 minutes of a solid podcast, boys. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, looking forward to next week. And uh, for those out there who are listening, uh, hope you enjoyed the very first podcast for Funky Baz and Face. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark.